The following is brought to you in part by MFC Studios. The views of the show's host and guests do not necessarily reflect those of the management, owners, or staff of this radio station. And now, it came from the radio. Again, do it came from the radio, the official show of the Big Apple Con. This is your host, Mark Torres, speaking with me via social distancing. I have the life with Jenner G's, Jen Elise Feldy. Hello, everybody from the quarantine. <laughs> On this week's show, we're going to have our Dominic Definition Man Pronto Comics guy with his uh, comic pick of the week, and we will have another Jaybird and Lee segment. But before we do any of that, we have to take it away with the news. The news is brought to you in part by the fine folks of the Big Apple Con, of which we are the official radio show of, celebrating over 25 years of comic bookness and pop culture stuff. For more information, go to www.bigapplecc.com, and uh, if you keep on paying attention to it, when the apocalypse is over, they will have their next convention, hopefully. And I also want to give a shout-out to our Patreons, of which there are... Danny Grillo, newly released award-winning director Jared Burrell, two-sentence horror Kyle Horn, Millie Portes, Newsday Famous Dresden Media, Wenji Kun, and Shadow Rabbit Art. If you want to have your own little uh, shout-out, go to www.patreon.com and just for a measly dollar, you can get your shout-out on our show. Um, we also have a different... Dollar? Just a dollar? Yeah, just a dollar. How come you're not joining it? I don't know. <laughs> See, you, can, you can get your own shout out. What if I what if I buy my own fifteen thousand dollar choice? Well, then you would get the money, and um, you only get some of that money back because the rest of it goes to the other stuff. Because you also would get your uh, ten thousand dollar tier for um, going with uh, Dominic Definition Man Serrano to all the best comic book stores and bars in New York City. Mm. Oh, I thought you were going to say something. <laughs> I just didn't want to interrupt any further. I didn't want to interrupt <laughs> I thought I'd let you go and just shut up for once. <laughs> um, as you mentioned, there's also other other perks, and the newest one is for $15,000. You get to have the show recorded early, you get your shout-out, you get um, to go with uh, Dominic Definition Man Sperano to all the comic book stores, all the best comic book stores in New York, if there's any left, after the apocalypse and bars, which I'm sure there will be so some bad. left. And then you also get you. What do you What do you get from you? Do you know what you get from you? You get a day with co-host Jenny Spelly, consisting of two prepared and cooked meals, along with recipes by and from her Keys to Live the Life guidebook, a personal training workout session for you and a friend, a nice friend who preferably doesn't smell, and her personal gym. In addition to all other perks. No, like? no smelling friends. <laughs> that's 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 the the underlying no smelly friends. Yeah, smelling is a form of pollution. That that is true. That that is true. That's where um, what was that? Uh, the, the smog comes from, right? <laughs> the smog comes from smells. Yeah. 
there was a there was a like like pig pen you know charlie brown pig pen he had the cloud of dust around him <laughs> oh no i'm sorry I, I never watched. I never really watched cartoons. I think I told you this. Yeah, but everybody knows Charlie Brown, the, the newspaper strip. Listen, if it was animated and it wasn't like for adults, I really ignored it as a kid. I was a weird kid. Wow. No, and I was weird. Well, I wouldn't say you were weird. Just you were different okay. from other people. Okay. Okay. Sure. That's great. So different. yeah. <laughs> so let's take it away with the news. Um, as always, we start off with the sad news. So we have. Uh, comedian and actor Fred Willard died recently from natural causes. Fred appeared in such films as, this is going to be a big one, Silver Streak, How to Beat the High Cost of Living, National Lampoon's Movie Madness, This is Spinal Tap, Portrait of a White Marriage, Waiting for Guffman, Idle Hands, Austin Powers, A Spy Who Shagged Me, I think that was the second one, Best in Show, The Wedding Planner, How High, American Wedding, Harold and Kumar Go to White Castle, Anchorman and its sequel, Chicken Little, Date Movie, Monster House, Epic Movie, Wall-E, Scooby-Doo, Legend of the Phantosaur, Planes, Fire and Rescue, and the, Bobby, and the Bobby Roberts Project, just to name a few. On the small screen, Fred appeared in such shows as Get Smart, Love American Style, The Bob Newhart Show, Laverne and Shirley, Serrata's Court, Fernwood Tonight, America Tonight, I'm thinking those two are related, The Love Boat, Mama's Family, Fame, DC Follies, Out of This World, I used to love that show. My Secret Identity, I used to love that show also. The Golden Girls, Married with Children, I used to love that show. Ben Stiller Show, Day's World, Family Matters, Roseanne, Sister Sister, Lois and Clark, The New Adventures of Superman, Diagnosis Murder, The Wayans Brothers, The Simpsons, everybody's been on that, Just Shoot Me, The Hughleys, Undeclared, Maybe It's Me, King of the Hill, Team Supremo, The Adventures of Billy and Mandy, Back to You, Everybody Hates Raymond, wait, Everybody, wait, that's not right. Everybody hates, oh, everybody hates Chris. That's what that's supposed to be. Uh, Modern Family, Frank Duffy, Franklin and Bash, Easy to Assemble, Raising Hope, love that show, Hot in Cleveland, Community, love that show, Family Tree, The Bold and the Beautiful, The Loud House, and The New Odd Couple, just to name a few. Well, I think it's fair to say that he did accomplish a lot before he died, and I'm really happy that he didn't die of the coronavirus. Also, we're well, does it matter what they die of? It's sad that they died. It's sad that they die, but it's one more. If I hear one more coronavirus death, coronavirus, I, I can't. I can't do it anymore. I can't. I can't. I can't. Um, so for me, Fred Willard, it's, it's funny. Fred Willard has just been like that guy. Like, you see him, you're like, oh, it's that guy. And, and the funny thing was about him, like, I never thought that he was that funny. I just know that he, he was always working and he was always there. But maybe he was just one of those actors that are just reliable. You know, they do their job, they show up, and, you know, and that's why he's always working. Or maybe he's one of those actors that, like, is the person that the funny person bounces off of. Because I, I kind of get that comment with some people that I work with in comedy that people say, oh, they're not that funny, you don't need them. But it's like, no, 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 I love having one to bounce off of. So maybe he's the bounce-off guy. The, the straight man, the straight man. Yeah, the straight man, exactly. Um, I would say, based on my experience of watching him in a, in a couple of these things, that he was supposed to be the funny man. 
It was just oh, maybe cool. his type of humor wasn't for me, but I always like I always I've always used to see that and watch whenever he appeared. I'm like, I wonder why they hired that guy. Like it was just it was just one of those things that well, he was he was just there. But it, <laughs> maybe, maybe. Well, maybe. Maybe, right? Um and uh actually I posted a, a video on YouTube um with him and he was being interviewed by the uh the 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 uh, TV preservation people. It's on our Facebook page, and about his greatest, um, his most proudest moment, his saddest moment, you know, deepest regret. And I thought it was interesting his answers. It wasn't even like a Hollywood rehearsed answer. It was very genuine. So maybe that was what his his thing was. That he was a very genuine actor. Um, well, yeah, people do like to work with genuine people. I feel like that's why I get invited back from things. People see that I'm real. <laughs> It's it's a great quality to have. And I'm not that good of an actor, and I'm really, I mean, I, I think I'm funny, but I'm really not that great of an actor, so maybe that's why I have my Allstate commercial tomorrow, because people are just like, oh, she's real, but she's not that good, you know? I, maybe it's that. Don't say that. Well, I'm not, I'm not, you know, I have, a, I have a lot of room to grow. If they if they want to hire you, well, I'm not that great of an actor. Well, no, you're always supposed to be like, I'm the bestest best. No, no, I'm not. I'm not, so let's just keep it real, you know? All right, all right. I know what I'm good at. So um, maybe that's what happened. I don't know. We'll have to figure this out. The case, the case of Fred. The case of Fred Willard. We'll have to figure out why he was on all these shows. And, this and, is so Inspector T is on the case. Okay. Um, he was a spry 86. Mm-hmm. So moving on from more sad news and the last bit of sad news this week. Great. Um, Acting great. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. That's bad news. terrible. Like, why? That's so oh, terrible. I have somebody else who died. Well, that's great. No. <laughs> no, no. I mean, that's great that we're the end of the sad news. This is a short sad news. So you're supposed to say that's great after I finish with the sad news. <laughs> sure, sure. Whatever. Whatever. It's great. Oh. Sad news. Um, actor, actor Kenneth Charles Osmond also died recently from complications of chronic obstructive pulmonary disease. Holy crap. Um, Ken was a child star, start, in his most famous role of Eddie Haskell in the series Leave with the Beaver in the 1950s, which also went to 1960s, and in the 1980s revival, the new Leave with the Beaver. Um, of note, Ken was only 14 years old when he auditioned for the role. Originally, Eddie Haskell was to be a one-shot character, but those involved with the show were impressed with Ken's portrayal, and Eddie Haskell eventually became a memorable character on the series throughout its entire six-season run. See, so right there, maybe he was like, eh, I'm just a kid, and he got hired, and they loved his performance, and the rest was history. And maybe he wasn't involved in Illuminati, and maybe he wasn't even genuine. Maybe he was just a good actor. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no, no. It's, it's either you're genuine or you're a good actor. It's like one or the other, you know? That's, all right. Can't, can't be both. <laughs> he can't no, be, he can't. <laughs> he can't be genuine and a good actor. Yeah. Yeah, oh. you're either, like, persuading people to hire you through your congeniality or you're actually good and you're kind of a piece of garbage alright so I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that might be true for everybody except for Tom Hanks <laughs> mm, so wait so Tom Hanks is which category he's both he is both I think he's the only one that can't he's transcend the... so I guess you don't think he's part of some scandal that there's lots of rumors going on right now about right I do not believe that Interesting. Hanks, H-A-N-X, big scandals going on, lots of rumors. I don't know what to think. I don't know. So, I, I'm, I'm not going 
can endorse that one, actually. I'm not a big fan of Tom Hanks. Sorry. Wow. All right. Sorry. real with you. Fair. Never have been. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, but that's okay. Different strokes. So, so, I still love you. Aw. That's sweet. <laughs> All right. So, from, so that's it for the sad news. There we go, see? Um, moving on for the other news. All right, this is, this is a good one. From the That's A Lot Of Red department. None other than Heinz, most famous for its condiments, has released a 570 puzzle piece puzzle, which put together becomes a single ketchup color non-image image. It's just a red square. For those, yeah, so Heinz Ketchup made a puzzle that you put it all together, it's just one red mat. So it's one color, all the pieces are the same color, but all the different pieces. That sounds torturous. Exactly, so if you are a masochist and uh, have $37 to spare, you can get one right now. I, why would Heinz do this to their customers, especially if someone's, someone who's going to buy this is clearly a fan of Heinz, so wouldn't you honor them by making the puzzle interesting and somewhat easy to do well but then it wouldn't be a ketchup uh themed puzzle maybe they're testing their audience they're like hey you know what if you really really like us let's see how much our fans like heinz ketchup they'll buy our puzzle even if it's a piece of garbage and it's a piece of trash <laughs> so we'll make it the worst puzzle ever we'll see if they'll still buy it you think and it's really, the worst like puzzle sorry it sounds i wouldn't buy that or is it the wow. best puzzle ever <laughs> Best puzzle ever if you hate yourself, I guess. <laughs> this is for Heinz, Heinz puzzles for everyone who hates themselves and hates life. Buy one today. Well, 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 think about it. Like, what is the point of the puzzle? It's a puzzle to figure it out. So this is like for people who love, who love this kind of stuff. Right? Or no? I'm trying to figure out how to cure leukemia right now. That's one of my things in my life. I'm trying to make a master class of videos. I got enough puzzles to figure out. I'm not going to be buying a damn puzzle that's a bunch of red. Like, this, these people obviously have no problems in their life, so because they're looking for a problem. If you're looking, these are the people that argue on the internet. They're just looking for problems because clearly life hasn't dished them any real ones. That's my take on the demographic who's going to buy this puzzle. Alright, so so people listening, if you have bought this puzzle, Please. let us know. Please, I, I have genuine issues and I want to interview you. I want to have you on Facebook Live and ask why you're buying this puzzle. I'm fascinated and I oh. won't say anything mean. I'm just truly intrigued. See, there you go. Um, moving on. Moving on. From the, from the room to the courtroom department, filmmaker Tommy Wiseau was ordered to pay $690,000 to the makers of an unauthorized documentary about his cult film, The Room, ruling that hindering the release of a documentary because it was unflattering. Uh, for those of you who weren't paying attention, the makers of the documentary, which was called The Room Full of Spoons, were working to release the project in 2017 to capitalize on Sony Pictures' debut of the film The Disaster Artist, which is a biographical movie starring James Franco as Tommy Wiseau about his 2003 film The Room. Tommy filed suit and obtained an injunction in Toronto, Canada, alleging that the documentary violated his copyright by using clips from the room and invaded his privacy. 
A room full of spoons uses 69 clips from the room, totaling about seven minutes. The documentary makers sought to license the clips from Tommy in 2015, but he demanded excessive sums of money and insisted on having final approval of the documentary. At one point, he demanded that the film have, quote, more positivity by at least 60%, unquote. <laughs> Tommy Wiseau. I mean, one, it's interesting that these people want to use 69 clips. Like, really? Are they 12-year-olds? And number two, I met Tommy Wiseau, and I wanted to film him, but I was with my good friend Marcus Levy, a great producer, and he warned me that Tommy was a little litigious, and I was so afraid to film him that I, I didn't. I, I just took a picture, but I, I planned to go there and film him, but I thought he might sue me. And here we are. He sued someone. So you um, met him in person, just like uh, Mike Tyson, the other, the other show we were talking right. about. Right. So, Tyson was a chance meeting. That was fascinating. And this was an intention, intended fan meeting. Okay, so you have seen the room and you love it and you wanted to, to meet him. Is that the plan? Is that how it went? I love it and I aspire to be the next Tommy Wiseau, even though I love being myself. I love his work and I love bad movies and I want to make the worst movies uh, until I die. Wow. So, so, so yeah, so it was the Plan 9 from Outer Space, which is a, uh, arguably the worst movie ever made, The Room, which is the second worst movie ever made, and then your movie. I mean, if you look at my IMDb and just watch a few, I, I think some of them are much, much worse than the room. Really. I mean, I, I'm not going to name names, but you just watch a few, I promise you. I All promise right. you. It's terrible. Uh, awesome and bad. After a trial in January, the judge ruled in favor of the documentary makers saying, quote, In my view, the action was brought for the improper purpose of preventing the release of a documentary disliked by Tommy Wiseau. In doing so, the plaintiffs were concerned with protecting and maximizing the value of the disaster artist, in which the plaintiffs have a financial interest. So there you go. Look at that. I just think it's always more positivity by at least 60%. He wanted, he wanted them to frame him in a positive light, which I guess is okay. That's a fair thing to ask. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm curious. How would you determine how much is 60% more positive? Because if it was zero... 60% more positive than zero is still zero. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Interesting, right? 60 times zero is still zero. <laughs> right. So right. they could have used that as an argument. Well, we did make he it 60%. You must be very insecure because i got to tell you, if I, I, I'm going to be in more bad movies. There's more I'm waiting for to come out. And I would love someone to make movies about just how bad they are. So he must be a little insecure to be suing over this. Well, I mean, we, we were just talking about how um, that some actors think that they have that Illuminati thing or that they have that ego. Yeah, he's, he's got a little bit of a fragile ego. Perhaps a little therapy would be better than lawsuits. It would be a lot cheaper, that's for sure. Well, yeah, well, it depends on your therapist, but yeah. I'd recommend some therapy and a hug. How about that? Aw, that's sweet. I think he needs a hug. So, yeah, so that would be the judge should say you get one hug. I think he needs $69,000 hugs. <laughs> $69,000 worth of hugs. All right. Maybe that'll help. Self-love. I mean, you should be flattered that people are making a movie about him, that people care. Because, you know, one day, someone's not going to care about you. You know, it's like these girls that complain about guys that are all over them and all in their inbox and giving them so much attention. You know what? One day, no one's going to care about you. One day, no one's going to make movies about you. And then you're going to be crying, why isn't anyone making movies about me? Why does anyone care? It's like because you sued them and you pushed everyone away. Holy. You know, 
be alone in a room by himself. But it's going to be called a room, and no one's going to buy it, and no one's going to watch it, and no one's going to make fun of it. It'll be the other room. It'll <laughs> be the other room, which nobody cares about on any level. Oh, man. Um, moving, moving along. Um, from the Your Childhood is Safe Department. Kevin Smith has recently affirmed that his new He-Man series will look and feel like, uh, stating that the series, set to be released on Netflix in 2021, is going to pick up from where the original 1980s filmation cartoon left off, as well as keep to its original style and look. Kevin says, <clears throat> While the series will feature new designs, it's in the style of anime, what Netflix calls an anime original, but will look exactly like our classic characters. Nobody's been redesigned to where you're, oh, that's the 2020 version. They all look like they're supposed to. And the story functions as essentially the next episode when a 1980s original animated series stopped. We begin where they ended, the same tone like that, and then our tone shifts as something cataclysmic happens, where our modern story kicks in. Even then, it's not like, everything you know about He-Man is wrong. We're going to upend the universe. Everything you know about He-Man that you need to know in order to watch the show because we play thick and fast, fast with the mythology. So I'm going to take a wild guess and say that you were not a fan of He-Man back in the day. No, I wasn't. I was a fan of Gremlins and vampire movies. And Above the Law, I liked Steven Seagal. Steven? Above the Law, wow. All right. That's I like Steven Seagal. He's, he's on your list. Oh, yeah. He's definitely on my list. He was. He was. Um, I was a fan of He-Man, so I'm, I'm very happy that they decided to continue it along. They have reimagined it a couple of times already, but I'm kind of happy that they're going to just stick forward with that. And I do like Kevin Smith, although I'm not sure that Kevin Smith would be the right person to do it, but we'll have to wait and see. Why not? Um, I like Kevin Smith's stuff. I love Mallrats. It's probably one of my favorite movies of all time. But Kevin Smith has a certain uh, tone and feel that I don't think is the same as Masters of the Universe is. I mean, he loves everything. He loves crap. He loves, he's so much, he's, he's the ultimate fanboy because, like, even movies that, that are generally uh, frowned upon, he will find something good about it. He'll cry about it. He's very emotionally tied to that stuff. So that type of thing I don't think would fit well with that. But like I said, we'll wait and see. I'll give him, I, I will always have my approaches. We'll wait and see. I might not ever find out, to be honest with you. <laughs> Let's be real. Right, fair enough. Uh, moving along, from the follow-up department. So this is this is uh, this this has been our busiest department in the Corona apocalypse uh, uh, going on that's happening right now. Four weeks, we have been following the roller coaster story of Diamond Comic Distributors. Oh my God! Again? <laughs> yes, again. It's actually one of my favorite stories. I've been talking about this off air. I love it. I love what's going on with it. It's just it's just ridiculous. So for so the short version is that they they, they are the distributor of, of most comic and comic related items. They because of the uh, pandemic they they stopped production. They decided to cheat the people out of not giving them their money. They decided to try to re, re try to redistribute the money that they had to give to the vendors a percentage of what they owed. Then their head marketing guy quit, and then they decided that everything's gonna be back to normal as of the twentieth, which is today of a day of recording on May. 20th. Uh -oh. But, <laughs> but, we, but there's more. <laughs> Diamond oh has announced that the new orders that are starting today, May 20th, have been higher than predicted. Diamond what? says orders have been coming in better than we thought. 
We budgeted very carefully for our cash flow projections, and happily those numbers are coming in stronger. I'm going to predict right now that in addition to our conservative adjustment, these books are going to sell out and they're probably going to order more. Because I think it comes back to the consumer. Consumers have a pent-up desire. In this case, while off-the-rack sales might suffer, those people with subscription services or pull-and-hold are probably going to recapture a high percentage of what has deemed potentially lost. Keep in mind that these orders that they're talking about are for the comic book stores, not from the actual comic book store customers. Because, as I've said before, the books are ordered ahead of time, and the stores have to purchase them ahead of time and put it on the racks, and hopefully they'll sell to make their money back. And if they don't, then they go into the back issues, and then they can charge whatever they want. Well, this, if this is from the stores, not the customers, who's the psychic here that's saying that consumers have a pent-up desire? Like, are people tweeting, like, oh, God, my desire for comic books. <laughs> so strong right now. I mean, who said that? So, Diamond believes, based on what the comic book stores believe, which is based on their hope that the customers will be there and have been clamoring for comics. It's a big three-step chain that's happening right now. I wish them the best. I wish nothing bad for Diamond. I mean, they're they're the source of... It's like a soap opera with them. They're hilarious. So, I hope... I think I mentioned this a couple weeks ago, how... I believe that these books, and that might be why, that these books would be more valuable later on because there aren't as many of them being made. So it it makes them more rare, and therefore when people do have money and start coming back to comic book times four, five, six months from now, they'll be like, oh, I'm missing this issue. I can't find it because there's only been so many published, and that's where they're, they're putting their money down, you know? That, that's pretty astute. That makes a lot of sense. I hope people have more money in four or five months. I mean, some people are being really doom and gloom, thinking that we have two years of people being down and not having money. I think, personally, I think it'll. it'll I, I think once everything just gets back to the quote-unquote new normal, I think the the machine will start running again, and then we'll be okay. It's just a matter of how long will it take for that jump start to kick in. I don't think I it'll that take long. that. I don't think it'll take two years. But it's not going to happen tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, I hope so. I hope so. Let's hope for the best. Uh, Moving on. From the Sounds Like a Movie to Me department, coming from Scout Comics, which I've been told uh, by its founders, specifically makes comics to turn them into IP, intellectual properties, comes, bum bada bum mullet cop. From writer, artist, director Tom Lintron, it's described as, After a near-death experience, Fred, a mall cop, goes undercover as a manager of an all-you-can-eat buffet with the help of his co-workers and a supercomputer-slash-microwave called MITT, M-I-T-T, which is the Mall Industries 2000. Fred takes on gangs and corporate thugs in an episodic series of adventures. Now, you may not be aware of this, Jen. That sounds awesome. But MITT is a joke on the uh, television series Knight Rider because they had a talking car, which is called Kit, the Knight Industries 2000. Oh, okay, thank you. Yeah, yeah you got to explain these things to me. So I think, you know, it's going to be a wacky, crazy adventure. Um, Tom says, This story is completely different from anything I've worked before on the art style, the tone, everything. Initially, I started a conversation with about moms in 80s and 90s who went 
power walking in their nylon jumpsuits. I thought it would be very funny to make a story about them and the gang. Well, that's how it started and now it's turned into this. I honestly didn't know how Scout would react when I submitted it, but I was thrilled to hear that they were interested in this project. Um, we mentioned Scout Comics before. They actually were one of the few ones that actually were putting out stuff when Diamond went down. Um, I, I met one of the, the top guys at a, at a Comic-Con, and that's what they do. Their job is to get new properties, get weird things out there, and turn them into movies and TVs and stuff. So I would be interested in watching a movie of this if the book does well. Definitely. I mean, Mullet, the manager of a buffet, both <laughs> awesome. And also, people walking in jogging suit. That's actually part of a character, Grandma Lucille. That's part of my character, that she walks around in jogging suit, because it's just it's hilarious to me. You see? So it has a little bit for everybody. <laughs> Um, speaking of IPs, from the 15 Minutes of Fame department, Tidal Wave Comics has announced that there will be a new comic based on a Netflix series, Tiger King. Exec yeah. says, we wanted to do something that is fun and a good distraction in regard to the state of the world right now. I am obsessed with everything in this story and wanted to tell it from a different medium. The comic medium can be used to entertain as well as inform. Uh, for those of you who, like me, have no idea what Tiger King is, I'm sure Jen can fill us in. <laughs> it's a masterpiece. It's wonderful. There's not a single sane person in the entire show, which I love. Uh, Carol Baskin, uh, it's her versus Hillary Clinton, I'd like to see in a wrestling match. Enough said. It's beautiful. <laughs> Everyone should see it. And uh, you'll feel normal. If you ever feel weird and you ever feel like you're a little strange, just watch it. You'll, you'll feel a little normal. Uh, all right. Uh, so you so would you buy the comic book? Would you recommend to get a comic based on it? Um, yeah, I think I would. I think it's a really smart idea. I mean, there's it's trending. There's a comedian, Jason Scoop, who has an entire Facebook group dedicated to the show. And it's picked up a lot of steam. I think it's gotten... Maybe a lawsuit? Hilarious. Yes, definitely. I think that Tiger King should be completely exploited in every sense of the word. And I actually want to be Tiger King for Halloween. I'm trying to get my boyfriend to play uh, Travis so I could be the male Tiger King, but he's not really keen on that. So, if anyone wants to play Travis on Halloween, I'll, you know, you could be my fake boyfriend. Though. I'm looking for that. <laughs> it's great. I, I, really I, I can't go with that. I got to go to the next venue. <laughs> My my my! When you said that, I went woo. You, I went off the rails. I'm like, nope. We gotta we gotta finish the news. <laughs> um, I, I love Tiger King. I love it. From the moving on, from the is it coming back or not department, uh, the CW, which is part owned by Warner Brothers, has acquired the rights to re-air DC Universe's now cancelled Swamp Thing, the TV show, which originally appeared on their streaming service. Initial speculation is that CW is just looking for content not seen by a wider audience to fill in holes caused by the shutdowns of the ongoing pandemic. Of course, it does get to the numbers and find the audience, it just may find a second life on an actual network. What makes this interesting is that DC Universe is also owned by Warner Brothers, and they, and they had canceled Swamp Thing almost immediately after the first episode aired, citing high production costs and the show going over budget. So the show was made, it was going over budget, super expensive, going to be aired on the DC Universe streaming service. They aired the first episode, and they're like, yeah, we're canceling it. They played the other episodes, and now they made negotiations with themselves to put it on their network CW. That's kind of weird how that happens. That is really strange. I, 
I'd have to have some behind-the-scenes info to interpret that one. Um, I was a fan of the original Swamp Thing series. I wasn't able to see this new series because I'm poor and cheap. So <laughs> I, I will wait till it comes on CWC if it's any good. CW, okay. CW, that reminds me of middle school and high school. Well, that is basically what they're most famous for is their teen stuff and Supernatural, which is ending this year. Um, oh. So from the last bit of news... We were talking about He-Man earlier, and this is something that I had just finished watching uh, yesterday. So from the She-Ra spoiler department, so if you haven't finished watching She-Ra and you want to watch it on Netflix, you know what I'm saying, turn off right now. Uh, turns out that the latest incarnation of She-Ra, which is the fifth and final season right now, just released on Netflix, as I just mentioned, turned out to be, spoilers everybody, gay. She's right, She-Ra is now gay. Uh, showrunner Noel Stevenson says, <clears throat> The media that we have watched from when we were young is something that really is part of creating our own identities. So the thing that you see in the media is that it's informative for you to know that's sort of how you're going to view the world and yourself. So you never see yourself reflected or never know what like being gay person living a life where you can be with the person you want to be, not even knowing that's an option or not seeing the stories reflected can take a toll on you and makes you feel lesser. I've always felt a strong conviction that we needed to represent that because it is life-changing. You can live this life, a positive rela relationship with a person that you love and can see that model that's very, very important to me. Whether it's kids who see themselves in the characters or other kids who maybe don't relate to that aspect quite as much, but they might understand someone in their life who's gay or might have empathy and understanding. It is trying to craft a narrative that hopefully save our real-world existence in building a kinder and brighter world. Well, beautiful. One, beautiful. And two, I see a lot of comedy potential here because I've heard this. I actually knew someone personally that used Seinfeld to learn English. So think of an Asian person using Seinfeld to learn English and all their manners of the thing they say are based on Kramer. I mean, it's ridiculous and it's crazy. I would love to see young people basing um, having homosexual relationships based on Shira. I mean, come on, that's, there's a lot of comedy that can happen from this. So, I've um, I've talked about this before about the 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 quote unquote agenda and pushing things, and what I liked about this is that they didn't do that. They just she just happens to be gay, you know, and that's how I think it should be handled. So I I, I had to think about it. I was like, huh, alright, they made her gay. Did that affect the story in any way, shape, or form? It did not. Would it have made it better or any worse? Not to me. So right there, that's how I think, being, I mean, me being political for a second, that, that's how they should do it. Like we were talking about the whole PETA thing and, and Thor about him being vegan. Like as long as you present it in, in a way that is not trying to force anybody's beliefs or they're not trying to hit you over the head with it, it's right. fine. And I got to tell you, you know, if someone had said, oh, we're going to make Shira gay in the beginning of this, I'd be like, well, that's not good. But the fact that I saw it and they did it, and like, oh, by the way, she's gay. I'm like, hey, I'm, I'm okay with that. I mean, there's people who, who hate it. Like, whew. And I don't understand why they hate it so much because it doesn't change the original series at all. It's a different series. And like I said, it didn't affect how the story was. It wasn't she'd run around, I'm being gay. She didn't do that. <laughs> Right. That, that makes sense. I mean, some people like walking, some people like biking, some people like men, some people like women, some like blondes, some like brunettes, whatever. Just fit it in and don't make it so crazy. Like, I was just shown the new, new warriors, 
Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's a push. Yes, exactly. See, that is different because they're, they're, they're pushing something down your throat, and I think that's where the problem is. I mean, yeah. it was a, I don't remember who it was, but there's a, there's, a, there's a quote saying that when it doesn't become news that a female is doing this or a, or a minority is doing that, that's when you truly have that, um, that, that uniformity everybody's looking for. So, like, yeah. when they say, oh, it's the first woman who did this, that shouldn't be news. And when, it, when we get to that point, then we're like, oh, you know, hey, she did that. She's the first person to do this. That's how it should be. I agree with that. I mean, the, the media is an interesting marketing company, so we're never going to get to that and unless media is completely overthrown and there's a new paradigm. But that, I agree with you, yes. So, I mean, it's, it's one of those things. Like, let's, let's say, for example, as we, we were talking about this before, about James Bond being a female black woman. Right? That's that's the rumor because you know the right. no one has you know the movie hasn't been aired everyone hasn't played yet but that's the rumor so right there they're like oh she's gonna be a black woman. but it shouldn't matter as long as it's done in a right way where you're not shoving it down your throat and she comes out I'm a female black James Bond you're one way to treat that for people who don't want her to be a female black woman you have Michelle Obama player and then it'll be ambiguous to the fact is it a female black woman or is it a female black man and they don't like it, they can shove something else down their throat and they can just go right to the source how about that but you see that scene right there you, you shouldn't have to shove it down anybody if you if you if it's done the right way Right. The important thing, as 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 a performer yourself, I would I would say you would agree with this, and and correct me if I'm wrong. It's all about how it's presented, and it's the story and the characters, and how well rounded they are is most important than anything else. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I don't really like well rounded characters. I like extreme characters. <laughs> That's my taste. Um, but I, I I can't speak for what people like, but. When it comes to homosexuality portrayed in shows, I do think it should just fit in, just like someone likes blondes or brunettes. I don't think it should be anything out of the ordinary, like the way it, it is. Exactly. Often. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Spectacle. So, uh, so that's it for the news. Um, oh, wait. I did, a, huh, I did have one more. All right, let's oh. see. I got uh, two minutes. Uh, uh, all right, let's do it. Um, from the one step to one step to the computers taking over department, Lynn Miguela, a completely 100% CGI character who was described as quote a 19-year-old Brazilian-American model, music artist, and influencer with over a million Instagram followers, has now been signed with Creative Arts Agency. For those of you who don't know, Creative Arts Agency or CAA is probably the biggest talent agency in the entire United States with over 34. Hundred high-profile clients. Executives say Miguel has Miguela has cultivated a passionate fandom and now finds herself in a unique position of both reflecting and influencing culture. CAI will work with Miguela in all areas, including TV, film, and brand strategy, with commercial endorsements, raising the prospect of a movie or show featuring the character. When asked about her singing, executives replied, "Miguela, like many artists, uses pitch correction tools and other software to make sure she's nailing her performance. She may be a robot, but nobody's perfect." And finally, when asked if she's "quote unquote" real, executives replied, "Quote as real as Rihanna." Unquote. You have a minute to think about that. Yeah, well, there's not. 
be scandals. We're not going to have a doping problem like we had with Armstrong, and we're not going to have drug abuse. We're not going to have Bieber scandals. So it's a great way uh, to work the industry when all of your talent is doing drugs and sleeping around and causing issues for you on a PR level. You're not going to have any PR problems with a robot, will we? Will we? Unless it becomes sentient. But my thought is that there's not enough jobs for people who want to do this now. A computer-generated Instagram model singer is taking your job away. Like, how ridiculous is that? That was my thought on that. My goal is to make her sentient and also to have a scandal with her, is to influence this AI bot into a scandal, and that's my 2020 goal. All right, so um, so quickly, uh, with 30 seconds or less, I want to mention that this they made an artificial intelligence who had a Twitter account. This is a couple of years back, and they, they put it out there to be friends with people on Twitter, and it would learn from all the messages it got back. And within less than 24 hours, it was talking about how much it loves Hitler and porn. <laughs> Yes, I heard about this. Lovely. <laughs> so I think that's what's going to happen to this model. I hope it does. <laughs> I hope it does. And then they'll learn their lesson. They'll hire <sighs> real people who actually need to make money. So uh, that's it for the news. So with two seconds left, final thought, Jen? Goodbye, folks. Ear fruits and vegetables, as always. Thank you. All right. That's it for the news. We'll take our break, and we'll be right back with We Came From The Radio. Hey, I'm Mike Kingston, the writer and creator of Headlocked. And I am WWE Hall of Famer Jerry the King Lawler. And guess what you're listening to? You're listening to It Came From The Radio. Hi, you've heard my voice open and close the show. Now we want to hear your voice. If you have a business or product, you can record a commercial here. We offer 30 and 60 second spots. For more information, contact Mark at MFC underscore studios at hotmail.com. Cosmic Comics and Games of Baldwin is the place to go for your comics and gaming needs. We are now doing home delivery in Nassau County because new comics are back. So if you want the latest comics, back issues, comic book supplies, or magic cards, please call Chuck at 516-763-1133 for details. You can also contact us through our Facebook page. That's Cosmic Comics and Games, 516-763-1133. Thank you and stay safe. Hi, this is Aaron Gray from Buck Rogers in the 25th Century, and you're listening to It Came From The Radio. Hey guys, this is Christy from Custom Cakes by Christy. I want you to know that I'm here for you. I'm keeping my private kitchen open for any needs your family may have. I've been focusing on bread, soups, muffins, quiches, and other basics, but I'm still accepting dessert orders as well. Please follow my Facebook for immediate pickup items. Private message me for custom orders. Custom Cakes by Christy, I-N-C, K-R-I-S-T-Y. Text me at 631 606 8166. Hi everyone, this is Tom Christopher. I had played Hawk on Buck Rogers on the 25th century, and you are listening to It Came From Radio. The Comic Book Depot has been in business since 1993. Your one-stop comic book shop for comics, gaming, and collectibles. The Comic Book Depot club membership is $15 and gets you 15% off new comics, back issues, graphic novels, and 10% off comic book supplies. Located at 2847 Jerusalem Avenue in Wontaw, New York. Contact us on Facebook for curbside pickup because new comics are back. For more information, give Alan a call at 516-221-9337. The Comic Book Depot. <laughs> hey kids, this is CJ Ramon of the world famous Ramones, and you're listening to It Came From the Radio. 
Now, back to our show. Hey, this is Jay Bird and Lee, and we're here to talk about movies, music, TV, and what's going on in our part of the world. Today, we're going to talk about what it's like to be a superhero. Who superheroes? You mean, like, what I want to be as... Who I want to be as a superhero? Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's pretty cool. Superheroes are pretty awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's so many cool ones, from Marvel to DC, like Superman, and I don't think Amora... Gamora isn't a superhero? Yeah, she's part of the Guardians of the Galaxy. (laughs) Okay, so yeah, superhero. (laughs) Okay, well, I guess we can talk about, like, which superhero you want to be, and if you had superpowers, what would you want? Or, like, how do you want to really talk about Do you want to talk about, like, if you were a superhero, who would you choose first? Like, if you wanted to be one, who would you be? Uh, Yeah, I would probably want to be... <clears throat> maybe Gamora because like she's just so cool like I love I love her outfit I love her hair like everything about her is awesome you'd want to be green yes <laughs> <laughs> okay all right and you want to be the daughter of Thanos okay well no she isn't really the daughter she was basically taken off of her planet Right, and she's and, like the stepdaughter. Yeah, right? she's like adopted. Oh, okay, all right. Who would you want to be? Who would I want to be? I don't know. When I was a kid, I wanted to be um, Superman. And then at some point, because he was just cool and he was indestructible. But then at some point, I also wanted to be, I guess as I was growing up a little bit, I wanted to be the Human Torch. Because you could be full of flame, fire, and <laughs> that was kind of cool. And you could fly also. Um, then I went through the dark years of Batman. I wanted to be Batman for a while. Well, he's awesome. <laughs> he is. He's awesome and he's rich and that's always cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I actually think... But then I kind of went back to Superman because I think that's just who I always wanted to be like. I mean, it was cool because he was a reporter and I was a writer. And, uh, well, I am a writer. <laughs> and that was kind of... I was a reporter for a little while. And I think the whole... So, yeah, Superman. <laughs> I think Superman, yeah. You even have a Superman shirt. <laughs> yes, that's true. It's kind of worn now. I gotta get a new one. I think. <laughs> what about uh, so Gamora is the only one you would want to be? Hmm, that's hard. I don't. I honestly don't know. There are so many good superheroes, but like Gamora is probably my favorite. Really? Yeah. So not like um, Black Widow or Wonder Woman or. No, nah, I don't. I don't think so. No. Okay. Nope. All right. That's that's cool. Not Catwoman. Well, she's not a superhero. <laughs> she was I a mean, villain. If we were doing like villains and stuff, I might be. Uh, what's her name? Uh, what Harley Quinn? I would want to do her if we were doing super villains. Ah, uh, super villains. <laughs> her that's Poison cool. Ivy. Poison Ivy, really? Yeah. I like Poison Ivy. All right. I think if I was a super villain, who would it be? Man, that's that's a tough one. Um, I don't Two Face. Two Face? No, I wouldn't be Two Face. The Joker's actually pretty cool. Oh yeah, the Joker's awesome. But I don't I still don't know if I would be the Joker. I mean that's kind of insane. I mean the guy's insane. Well he's yeah. Not, he's the Joker. Yeah. He's he's a, he's a terrible yeah. He's a what? villain, but I don't know if I'd want to be that villain. Hmm. I don't know. Well what other villain would you want to be then? I don't know. I mean, it's so tough. I was the always Riddler. <laughs> the Riddler. Yeah, actually, you know what? The Riddler is one that I wanted to be when I was when I was growing up too. I always liked that whole kind of the Enigma thing. And um... I mean, the Riddler is awesome. Like, 
riddle me this. <laughs> riddle me this, Batman. Yeah, but the only one thing is that he was wearing all those question marks. And yeah, that's it, a weird. He his outfit's a little weird. <laughs> well, I don't, yeah, I don't want to be the Jim Carrey version of the Riddler because of that spandex that he wore. But I think I would be more like, um, I think it was Frank Gershon. I think is the one in the '60s or '70s Batman. And that's the one that I would do because he had a crazy laugh and I feel like I could <laughs> pull that off a little bit. You know? <laughs> who who would you guys want to be? You should like definitely let us know what kind of who as a villain or as a superhero you'd want to be and put it in our um in in the comments section of uh this week's episode. Yeah. Wouldn't that be cool? <laughs> yeah, it would. All right, so... And give the reason why. <laughs> exactly. So next week we'll talk about which superpowers you'd want, okay? Ooh, uh, yeah. All right, well, until then, we'll, uh, we're going to get going. So stay safe. Stay safe and healthy. And stay connected. See you soon. Bye. Hi, this is Sherilyn Fenn, and you're listening to It Came From The Radio. Now, back to our show. Hi everyone, this is Pronto Comics' own Dominic Sperano, and it is once again time for my comic book pick of the week. Now, it's possible that you may have recognized that music, but in case you didn't, that is the theme from Iron Chef America, the Food Network uh, hit TV show. And the reason why I played it today is because I am going to be discussing for my pick of the week, not just a comic, but a entire run, uh, the comic Chew. Okay? Chew, if you haven't read it, it is a fantastic comic. It ran from 2009 to 2016, so that's plenty. That's seven years' worth of comics right out of the bat there. Um, and they're all really, really good and really, really funny. Uh, the basic premise is this. Tony Chu is a cop with a secret, a weird secret. Tony Chu is a sibopathic, which means he gets psychic impressions from whatever he eats. It also means he's a hell of a detective, as long as he doesn't mind nibbling on the corpse of a murder victim to figure out who done it and why. It's a dirty job, and Tony has to eat terrible things in the name of justice. And if that wasn't bad enough, the government has figured out Tony Chu's secret. They have plans for him whether he likes it or not, presenting a twisted new series about cops, crooks, cooks, cannibals, and clairvoyance, written by John Lehman, Marvel Zombies vs. Army of Darkness, House of M, Fantastic Four, and Puffed, with mind-blowing art by astonishing comics newcomer Rob Gilroy. That is from the Image Comics website, and it doesn't get much more independent big name than Image Comics. Okay, uh, It is such a fun book really fun and obviously i use the term book very very loosely because it's basically an entire story so you're not going to just be able to collect or buy just a comic or just one um graphic novel and the reason why i'm making the entire run a pick of the week is because one it's going to give you a lot of reading material okay you can 
clearly keep going and going if you tend if you like this book right there are 60 issues of it that's a lot of reading okay now to get deeper into the plot specifically it's set in a world according to wikipedia set in a world where old chicken and other bird meats are illegal after a catastrophic outbreak of the bird flu that killed 23 million americans so the other reason why i picked the book of the week for the week here is because it is sort of tied into what we're going through right now you know a bird flu the uh, a massive pandemic but definitely much more fun than what we're currently doing Chu centers on Tony Chu, a police detective who is a sibopath, which I've already explained. He becomes a vice cop with the Philadelphia Police Department and when on assignment trying to find people smuggling chicken, he enters a black market chicken restaurant on invitations from the U.S. FDA. He has a bowl of chicken soup only to find he gets a psychic impression of the cook killing people and putting them into the soup. Eee, little Hannibal Lecter there. Hello, Clarice. He goes to bust the cook, only for the cook to kill himself outside the restaurant. Chu eats a bite of the cook's tongue to find out the names of the rest of the victims. He is fired from his job after the Philadelphia PD catches him eating the cook, and he gets hired by the to the FDA by an agent named Mason Savoy, who is also a sibopath. Uh, that's just the beginning of the book, and it just kind of keeps going and going and going. It'd be kind of funny to me, to, the idea of like the FDA, FDA becoming a policing organization, but that's what happens throughout the course of the book. Really fun. Really good. The art, as said, is done by Rob Gilroy, John Lehman, who writes and does the letters. So it's really just a two-man team, right? Written and lettered by John Lehman, drawn and colored by Rob Gilroy, color assist by Stephen Strubble and Taylor Wells. So you can't get much more uh, bare bones of a comic in terms of the staff. And let me tell you, this is a beautifully drawn, beautifully illustrated, wonderful book. It is... Rob Gilroy's style of drawing is both unique, clearly his, you don't really see a lot of done in this style, um, but the colors are beautifully monochromatic on on um, page by page. Really, really beautifully drawn. I love reading this book. I love looking at the book. I love the art in the book. I love the humor of the book. Um, when I was reading it as it would come out, I couldn't wait for each month to read the latest Chew. It was really good. And it was a hot book at the time, too. I remember uh, my comic book store guy that I would go to, Collector's Kingdom, Mike Bradley, may he rest in peace. Um, you know, he was always looking for for people to sell him back uh, issues of Chew because it was so good and it was so hot. Okay, um, I really can't say enough about it in terms of how good it is. I actually feel badly because at one point they were considering making it into a TV show. That never happened. They were considering of turning it into a animated movie or or animated show let me check that out here animated feature they were looking to turn it into an animated feature but unfortunately that also didn't happen remember this was right around the time where the walking dead was just blowing up for the first time and being huge so they were looking to get their hands on any sort of like independent image um title that they could uh 
And it's just a shame that it was never turned into something for Showtime like it was intended to. Because I think it would have been an amazing, amazing TV show. Now, if you would like to get Chew, uh, there are several ways that you can do it. Of course, you can always go to Amazon or Comixology to get uh, hardcover and digital uh, copies of Chew. And you can get pretty much the entire run of the book through them. But I'd, I'd really recommend going to Image Comics imagecomics.com to get it. First you can get um, all the Omnivore editions, which is like a major um, five volumes of everything, rather than getting the ind the smaller graphic novels or even the individual uh, tra uh, floppies, basically. So I recommend going there. If you want, say you were reading Chew earlier and you want to get some of the individual ones, you can do that as well. I believe. So you have a couple of things. And the cover price on the individuals are only $3.50, which is pretty good. Honestly, that's a really good cover price. I really, though, recommend go for the uh, larger uh, volumes so you can really binge read it, if you will. Pricey, I won't tell you it's not. It's about 100 bucks each, but you're going to spend that, you know, inevitably. If you buy the trade paperbacks, you know the trade paperback uh, volume twelve, for instance, that's sixteen ninety nine, and there are twelve of them. So do the math. You're going to spend it one way or the other. Probably the best bang for your buck, the best value that you can get, is to go with the large volume editions. Okay. So there you have it. That's this week's pick of the week. Chew by John Lehman and Rob Gilroy, a really great uh, blast from the past of like 2000s comics. Uh, I can't recommend it enough. Go check it out. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed this week's pick. Please remember you can go and check out my own personal webcomic at fishysarcasm.com. You can become a Patreon of the comic. It's only $1 a month. It's the least expensive Patreon out there. I promise you that. Also, please go and check out prontocomics.com. We have plenty of comics for download. And always remember... So now, America, with an open heart and an empty stomach, I say unto you in the words of my uncle... So be safe and be healthy. Take care. I'm Nathan Booth from Ben and Apple TV, and you're listening to It Came From The Radio. Now, back to our show. So that about does it for this week on It Came From The Radio. Join us right here and every week on this radio station. If you missed any part of this show, Stop. go to our website, www.itcamefromtheradio.com. Listen to the archives. will be up any week or so. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter, on Instagram. Uh, check us out on Beyond the Dawn Studios, and we will see you next week. You've been listening to It Came From The Radio with Mark Torres. The views of the show's hosts and guests did not necessarily reflect that of the management, owners, or staff of the station. We now return you to your earthly scheduled broadcast.